Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, February 20th. In today's news, President Trump continues to reshuffle his national security team after impeachment. The White House Chief of Staff admits the GOP only cares about deficits when Democrats are in charge. And xenophobia appears to be the motive for a massacre overnight in Germany. But first, the big idea. Former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg suffered a punishing welcome, and Bernie Sanders was bludgeoned with criticism as an animated cast of rival candidates scrambled in Las Vegas on Wednesday night to stake their claims against the two rising contenders in the Democratic race. The result was an urgent two-hour free-for-all that sizzled with animosity. Candidates who have mostly avoided political combat in the previous eight debates, including Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg, came out swinging, each of them aiming to avoid elimination from the race. Contenders who had once respected time limits eagerly spoke over one another, posing questions directly to each other. Joe Biden, facing a make-or-break moment, was among those who repeatedly interrupted with the phrase, Let me finish. Sanders was challenged on his electability and questioned on his health, as well as the combativeness of his online supporters and the viability of his policy prescriptions. Bloomberg was hit for his political record, his alleged coarse descriptions of women, his extraordinary wealth, and his contention that he's best positioned to defeat Trump. Sanders accused Bloomberg of supporting what he called the outrageous policy of stop-and-frisk policing and accumulating more wealth than the poorest 120 million Americans combined, which he called immoral. Warren described Bloomberg as a billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. That's a reference to quotes attributed to him in a booklet written by a former employee, which Bloomberg disputes. Buttigieg accused Bloomberg of trying to buy this party out. Biden called Bloomberg's stop-and-frisk policy abhorrent and said the Obama administration had to intervene. Warren, taking the tone of a prosecutor and sounding like the high school debate champion she was back in Oklahoma, challenged Bloomberg to release women who worked at his firm from non-disclosure agreements signed as part of harassment settlements. And she suggested his response to criticism about how he treated women in the workplace Bloomberg said they didn't like jokes, he told, amounted to him saying, quote, I treated some women well. Bloomberg said he will not release women from the agreements because they were made consensually. The crowd booed. Bloomberg, who often stood steely-faced with both hands gripping the lectern, said that if Sanders is the nominee, Trump's re-election would be guaranteed, not solely because his Medicare for All plan would remove private health insurance from 160 million Americans, but also he said that Americans would never vote for a socialist. The debate came at a pivotal point in this campaign, three days before the third contest of the year, Saturday's Nevada caucuses. The debate was the first in which Sanders was the clear frontrunner, having jumped to the top of national polls and forcing many in the party to grapple with the idea that he's in the best position to take a large delegate lead over the coming weeks. But he's often been an afterthought in these debates, with other candidates more focused on which moderate is the best to take on Sanders than actually challenging Sanders. Sanders last night felt the heat, more than many expected. He said he will not release additional medical records as he once promised, while Bloomberg insisted his tax returns will be made public in the next few weeks. Bloomberg has made his presence felt not at the polls. His name won't be on the ballot until the Super Tuesday primaries on March 3rd. 
but with his outsized advertising presence. He spent more than $300 million. But on stage, he struggled, rolling his eyes as he was scrutinized and finding it difficult to work his way into some exchanges, especially during the second hour. At one point, he raised his hand and yelled, What am I, chicken liver? Bloomberg campaign manager Kevin Sheakey released a statement after the debate saying that his candidate will do better in next week's debate in South Carolina. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the president is pushing out the Pentagon's policy chief who spoke out internally against his freeze on Ukraine aid. Undersecretary of Defense for Policy John Rood, who was charged with certifying that Ukraine met its anti-corruption targets in order to receive U.S. military assistance, was dismissed after clashing with colleagues over the implementation of Trump's foreign policy agenda over the past two-plus years. His last day will be February 28th. Rood said that he understood, based on speaking with Defense Secretary Mark Esper, that Trump requested his resignation. In an email to Esper just hours after Trump's notorious July 25th phone call with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, Rude said that placing a hold on security assistance would jeopardize this unique window of opportunity and undermine our defense priorities with a key partner in the strategic competition with Russia. The hold proceeded anyway on Trump's order. Next, Trump will install German Ambassador Rick Grinnell as the new acting director of national intelligence. Grinnell is a very interesting pick because he is a fiercely outspoken pro-Trump ally, and he's going to be placed atop an intelligence structure that Trump has frequently railed against. It's unclear whether Trump intends to nominate Grinnell to fill the top intelligence post on a permanent basis, which would require Senate confirmation, which could be tricky. Grinnell has a lot of enemies on the Hill, including among Republicans. The appointment took many in Washington, including on the Hill, by surprise. Grinnell, a former State Department official and a communications executive, has been a Trump confidant and an ad hoc advisor on issues beyond his ambassadorial work in Berlin. He sparked a lot of controversy in his diplomatic role, giving interviews to Breitbart, criticizing the leader of Germany, for example, not something ambassadors normally do. He's also been praised for taking on issues like gay rights in Eastern Europe and the long-running tensions between Kosovo and Serbia. Grinnell, in fact, would be the first openly gay member of the Trump cabinet. Meanwhile, Trump continues to test his relationship with Bill Barr by tweeting about the Justice Department after Barr asked him not to. A day after we revealed that the attorney general has told people close to Trump that he's considering quitting, the president amplified conservative allies demanding that he clean house at the Justice Department and target those involved in the Russia investigation that once threatened his presidency. The grievances shared by Trump in a flurry of tweets included claims of a, quote, seditious conspiracy against him and attacks on a, quote, criminal gang at the FBI and inside the Justice Department. The fragile Trump-Bar equilibrium may be tested again today as a judge is scheduled to sentence Roger Stone, the president's longtime confidant, for lying to Congress and obstructing justice. And last night in Nashville at Vanderbilt University, John Bolton said that his testimony would not have changed the outcome of the impeachment trial. He still wouldn't give details about Ukraine, but the former national security advisor denounced the House proceedings against Trump as grossly partisan, and he said that he's willing to bet money that his testimony would not have stopped Trump from being acquitted by the Republican-controlled Senate. Number two, Mick Mulvaney admitted last night that the GOP is hypocritical on deficits. 
the acting White House chief of staff, spoke at the Oxford Union in the UK. He said, quote, my party is very interested in deficits when there is a Democrat in the White House. The worst thing in the whole world is deficits when Barack Obama's the president. Then Donald Trump became president and we're a lot less interested as a party. Mulvaney, who ran the Office of Management and Budget before taking on the acting chief of staff role, said he finds the growing deficit, which reached almost $1 trillion last year, soaring in the Trump era, extraordinarily disturbing. And he said neither party nor voters care much about it. Mulvaney's comments, which lasted an hour, came as he visited Britain and Ireland to talk about Brexit and some other issues. He strongly criticized his predecessor as chief of staff, John Kelly, and railed against the deep state, his words, giving the audience examples of civil servants who he said are working to undermine the president. Mulvaney also robustly defended the president's actions vis-a-vis Ukraine. Number three, a xenophobic motive is suspected in an overnight shooting that left 10 dead in Germany. A spokesman for the public prosecutor general says that office is taking over the investigation after nine people were killed in shootings at two hookah bars about 15 miles east of Frankfurt. The body of the suspected attacker and then that of another person were found in his home in the early hours of Thursday morning. Police say there are no indications of other perpetrators being involved. The German newspaper Bild is reporting that the second body that was discovered at the home belongs to the suspect's mother. Police said they can't provide details on the attacker's motive and they wouldn't confirm other German news reports saying that the shooter left a confessional letter and video that indicated a confused, extreme right, anti-immigrant ideology. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, February 20th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.